of fun I've a good mind to spank you Then thank you for all you've done You're a sweet little headache Full of quaint little schemes But when I should forget you I let you disturb my dream I thought I could hold my own with you But you've got me all perplexed Oh, here am I alone with you And what are you gonna do next? You're a sweet little headache If you keep on that way What a sweet little heartache You turn out to be someday Well, we can't call the police. Not yet. The show's only been open a couple of weeks. What do you think will happen if the squad comes in here? The press will have a field day? We'll have an empty house. You know how they panic out here at the first whiff of scandal. But isn't it heartless to leave Pam in the trunk? She's one of us. She'd understand that we're in the jam. After the next number, I'll have time to see Earl. I don't know how to break it to him. There's one thing he can't stand. It's coppers. A two! A two! Oh, well, we wouldn't want to upset the boss now, would we? It's only a matter of a little backstage murder is all. We mustn't bother Earl Carroll. I get it. You're upset, but take it easy, Olga. Seems like you're more worried about your boyfriend's reaction than the dead girl stopped in the trunk like yesterday's garbage. You don't own the place. It doesn't say Beryl Wallace out there. No, I don't own the place. But there's a sign out front that says, Through these portals pass the most beautiful girls in the world. It's written over my face. My face is out on a 20-foot sign in bright neon. I'm trying to keep a cool head and save the show. We had it all wrong. Pam didn't steal the mink. Well, how do you know for sure? She could have been in the middle of a deal to sell it when things went bad. Don't speak ill of the dead. Uh, Don't be a hypocrite, Esme. You thought she stole it, too. Somebody killed Pam and burgled the mink. That's what my eyes tell me. Why would anyone kill her over a fur coat? If they wanted to steal it, all they had to do was hit her over the head. Pam's 5'4", 118 pounds. She'd go down like a house of cards with one punch. Maybe she put up a fight. Pam has spunk. Had spunk. If I didn't know any better, I'd say you killed her, Sheba. I'd be very careful with wild accusations there, Olga. What if the killer returns and bumps us off? Well, why would he return to the scene of the crime? It doesn't make sense. Well, murder ain't exactly logical, is it? Who knows? To cover up the evidence? All right, let's not lose the run of ourselves. Five minutes, ladies. Where's Pam? Pulling a sickie? That's it. She's out with the flu. She's not sick. She's hungover. What was that, Sully? I saw Pam last night whooping it up at the pigeon club. It must have been someone else. Like hell it was. I saw her cutting a rug with some fella. They were all over each other. Wait. Was she wearing a mink coat? On the dance floor? No, I guess not. She would have checked it. What time did you see her? Mm, late. After three. Who was she with? I, I didn't get a good look at them. But thanks, Sully. We'll be out in a minute. Did she go out and come back here? Pam doesn't have a key to the theater. Sully saw somebody else, or he was cross-eyed drunk. You know they pour heavy at the pigeon club. It's a clip joint. Come on, we better get out there. <sighs> Smile. We don't need bad reviews on top of everything else. Pam was right. That mink coat has brought us nothing but trouble from the minute we walked into iMagnum. You must admit a beautiful baby. You 
Say, this place sure is swanky. I've never been in before. Why not? Out of my price range. I've been to Nancy's on Hollywood Boulevard. Good bargains. Well, it doesn't cost anything to look. Look at the sparklers on those shoes. Those are strictly Broadway, Olga. We're in the big leagues now. Hollywood dames are understated. Understated? When you have real money, you don't need to be flashy. It's a quiet elegance they go for out here. Yeah, studio training is all about sublimation. Stop using $5 words you don't understand. I understand perfectly. Which brings us right back here to what Dr. Pattermaker said about fur, like I was telling you before. In polite society, people must control their sexual urges. And when those urges do surface, they must be carefully expressed. Women wear fur for this reason. We display our sexual urges in a civilized way. You mean we stroke the fur in public instead of ourselves? Your doctor has a dirty mind. Everything ain't about sex. Please don't say that to our customers. We'll be out of business. Look at this Stone Martin cape. Why don't we get something like this to share? I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's only 2000 A bargain by comparison. We didn't come here for Stone Martin. Or a bargain. We're here for the mink. Too dear, if you ask me. Well, nobody asked you. Some things are worth paying for. And some things have hidden costs above and beyond what's on the price tag. That sounds just like something Dr. Pattermaker would say. Is that so? You ain't his only client. What's that supposed to mean? Forget it. Do you think we can look at the coat without getting into a brawl? Here it is. The Labrador. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Beryl, you go first. It was your idea. Oh, my palms are sweating. It is so... Gorgeous. Let me slip it on. Oh, 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 girls. Am I dead? Is this heaven? Oh, must be. You look like an angel. I knew it would be soft. I didn't know it would be this soft. <laughs> it defies description. You know, in that magazine article I read, it said that the fur traders called the pelt soft gold. It sure is soft gold. Here, Sheba, you go next. You better take it for a faint. <sighs> Baby was born for mink. <laughs> I don't want to wear anything else ever again. I don't care what it costs. Rocky, you're up. Mm, how could anyone be down in the dumps wearing a coat like this? I'm floating on air over here. I feel like a champagne bubble. Uh, Olga, you gotta try it. Oh, wowee, wowee. If this is what the cave dames wore, I'll sleep on rocks and build a fire. Ugh. Esme, try it on. Oh, the Lord does work in mysterious ways. Why would he waste this fur on a stupid weasel? <laughs> Libby, you next. Oh, I've never felt anything like it before in my life. I want to sleep with it. <laughs> there you go. Those are just popping up to the surface again. Here you go, Pam. Say now. Ooh. Pam, you look stunning. I've never seen your eyes dance like that before. See? The coat has magic powers. Peace falls over the land. <laughs> <laughs> but what if I get sick? I have no cushion. You can use the mink for a cushion. Please say yes, Pam. Pretty please. All right, Olga. If you want it. If it makes you happy, I'm in. I bet you could get away with murder in this coat. Everyone agreed? Yes. 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 Miss, will you accept separate checks? You will. Great, then we'll take it. 
Yeah, but how are we going to share it? We'll take turns. By the week. We'll draw lots to see who goes first and so forth. Do we want a monogram on the lining? Naturally. With seven initials? In what order? A monogram only has three initials. Yeah, but won't that leave some of us out? Oh, I've got it. Let's use my publicity idea. I told reporters about it. With a million-dollar baby club, our charter is to establish friendly relations with wealthy, eligible bachelors. Isn't that right, Sheba? Yep, that's it. We're the million-dollar babies. It has a certain ring to it. Yeah, a 24-carat ring to it. Count me in. Why not? I wouldn't turn my nose up at a million bucks. Wish it were so. It's got style. There you are, miss. We'll take MDB for the monogram. I think I know that dame. The sales lady. She looks familiar. Oh, yeah? Sure. That's Dorothy Knapp. Earl's old flame? Does he know she works here? No. Let's keep it under our hats. Why'd they split? One year, when Dorothy was star of the show, she had sex with the leading man at the end of the first act. Uh, On stage? During a performance? She's a legend. It was a turkey show. Fioretta. Your man was singing an operetta to Dorothy while he plowed her in the gondola. The nerve. I like that dame. You could have put us all in the clink. The audience couldn't see what was going on, but backstage, Earl saw the whole thing. Shook him to the core. After they had been together five years, that's when we got together. I finally accepted his lunch invitation after they busted up. Yeah. I bet it was a complete accident that Earl caught an eyeful. Did you set him up, Earl? Oh, little old me? Now, how many dames did Earl play hide the salami with during those five years he was keeping time with Dorothy? Fifty? A hundred? They always go by a double standard. Well, he canned Dorothy on the spot. She tried to sue him for run-of-contract salary. The judge awarded her six cents. From showgirl to shop girl, a hell of a slide. Men want to be the only ones who can have their cake and eat it, too. And boy, did they get mean after a split. Hi, babe. Need something? I got bad news. I don't know how to break it to you. Shoot. Quick and painful. We found Pam. See, you gals got worked up over nothing. Well, she's dead, folded into a prop trunk like a gazeka box. Jesus, wept. Lead poisoning? No, she wasn't shot. Somebody snapped her neck. Any idea who did it? Maybe. Name and a number on a matchbook? Mickey C. Muscle for his nibs, I'm guessing? Could be a hundred people out there that go by Mickey C. Where was the matchbook from? In a beauty parlor, a supermarket? It's plain white. Ooh, that's bad. Uh Uh-huh. Real bad. Maybe it's different out here. Could be. Gangsters are the same any place, though. Nobody I know buys blank matchbooks except for the racketeers. Oh, the boys don't like to advertise where they hang out. Did you tell the girls? And start a panic? Earl, you're one in a million. No, we can figure this out. Uh, yeah, we have to. Or else the bulls will put the skids under me. They could shudder to this place. Or worse, put me back in stir. It won't come to that. One of the girls must know something. We've got to ask the right questions. Leave it to me. You send them in one at a time. Now, don't be nervous, Olga. Just want to ask you a few questions. You and Pam were pretty tight, weren't you? She was good to me. 
cooked me Sunday dinners. She fixed the shoulders on a jacket I bought. I can do a hem or sew a button, but a shoulder? That's like geometry. Uh-huh. Was she seeing anybody? Oh, you mean a fella. I saw her with different guys. One of them might have been a police detective. What makes you think that? He wore a holster and a gun. But his suits were no good. An eye for detail. Sometimes. Notice anything else? Pam dropped a hint that she was seeing Rocky's therapist. I don't know if it was strictly on the level. Is that right? Maybe she did it just to stick it to Rocky. Or maybe she was blue and wanted help. All right, kid. And then the next girl. Can you tell me anything about what happened to Pam, Libby? See anything suspicious? Last night was the same as any other. Nothing comes to mind. You didn't two have a row? What if we did? I heard that she broke your wings. Made you real sore, didn't it? I have a right to be sore. It took me months to make those wings. I painted every feather by hand. She ruined my specialty number. Flight of the magpie. You got a thing for birds? When I was a little girl in Scotland, my mother used to make walnut cake. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was delicious. Can we skip the uh, desserts and get back to the murder? Don't rush me. I don't like walnuts. They taste like clay. One day I crumbled up the cake for the birds. The magpies came. I fed them every day for months. One time my mum went over the road to see a neighbour. I sat in the garden watching the magpies. And suddenly, a man snuck into the garden. He picked me up and tried to carry me off to his car. I screamed and screamed. The magpies saved me. They pecked at his ears, his face, the back of his neck, until they dropped me and ran away. Those birds saved my life. That's why I dance with the blue, black and iridescent green wings. It's my tribute to the magpies. Now, I gotta say, that's not really an alibi, Libby. She crushed your wings, so you crushed her neck? Is that it? I'm not denying that I wanted to clobber Pam. I wouldn't kill her over the wings. That's not in my nature. All right, you can go. Send in the next girl, please. You're not going to shine a bright light into my eyes, are you? We'll leave that to the boys in blue. I'm just trying to get some facts straight before they're crawling all over them. Did you get along with Pam? I didn't have a reason to kill her, if that's what you mean. Oh, no? It didn't bother you when she made cracks about you being a bad wife? Didn't she often say your husband was going to walk out on you because you left him alone every night? Brian is my husband. I'm not his warden. Besides, if a man is set on cheating, he can do it just as easily during the daytime. Pam didn't get under your skin. She didn't make you feel guilty that Brian was eating dinner alone, going to the pictures by himself. Even if she did, that doesn't mean I snapped her neck. What does Pam know about taking care of a man? She wasn't married. When she'd harp on me, it wasn't—it was really about her own insecurities. I get that. Very high-minded of you, ask me. You think I haven't heard it before? My mother sings from the same hymnal. Every week, I get a letter from home with warnings. Take care of your husband. Put Brian before your career. They don't understand that I'm doing this for Brian and me, so we can have our home. It's not like I'm out getting around with other men. I work hard every night. You should know that, Mr. Carroll. I know, I know. But I have to ask. The coppers will jump on any reason that they can find. You're in the clear, and then the next girl. Any idea who broke Pam's neck? By the way, how are things between you and Pam Rocky? No warm-up, just cut to the chase. I'm used to a more leisurely approach with the doctor when he wants answers. Time is of the essence. Look, we weren't close, but I didn't wish her any harm. What about that matchbook in her apartment? A number from Mickey C. 
I assume some fellow she was seeing put her in that trunk. I heard she was seeing your doctor, uh, the one you're always talking about. Didn't that make you jealous? Why should I be jealous, Mr. Carroll? I don't make it a habit of comparing myself to other women. I'm not in competition with Pam or any other dame. This town is full of men, and it's full of money. When I'm in a session with Dr. Powdermaker, we share a real bond. Besides, he doesn't charge me like he does the other clients. I saw Pam's actions for what they were. She only went to Dr. Powdermaker because I kept talking about him. He helped me make a change and see things more clearly. She wanted that too. Pam was the type who wants what other gals have. She wasted time comparing herself to other women. She thought, if I only had what she has, I'll be happy. But really, it's just a vicious circle that never brings any happiness. Oh, you're quite the philosopher, Rocky. Isn't every show, girl? If you scratch beneath the surface? All right, you're off the hook. Um, send in Sheba. Saving the best for last, I see. You know what I'm going to ask you. I don't know who killed Pam. She had a gift for rubbing people the wrong way. What went down between you two that made you allergic, Pam? Well, she never crossed me that I know of. I just, I can't explain why I don't like her. Some things are just a matter of taste. It's the same reason I detest the perfume she wears. It's heavy. It sticks to you. It gets under your skin. And that's how I feel about Pam. I, I just don't like her. You're both after the finer things in life. And yet, you always razzed her about it. You've done everything but call her a gold digger. Well, when she goes after a man's wallet, it seems like a shakedown. When I do it, it's a spirited romantic enterprise. I let him in on the fun. I want a rich man, but it has to be the right rich man. Maybe it's because she's older. She's from the Prohibition days when every dame was a bit of an outlaw. I think it's more than that. You feel more than disapproval towards Pam. You've got some hate mixed in there. It's funny how our enemies tell us about ourselves. Oh, Christ, is everyone going to be Dr. Powdermaker or what? Jeeva, I'm not a fancy analyst who charges 25 bucks an hour. I'll tell you for free. You hate Pam because you're afraid of becoming just like her. Mr. Carroll, you're way off base. Oh, yeah? Look me in the eye and tell me that your biggest fear isn't winding up alone on the wrong side of 30, living in a tiny apartment without a husband or kids, still hoofing it on stage every night. Why are you picking on me? I didn't do anything wrong. Have I ever missed Curtin? Sit out too late and turned up looking like something the cat spit up on the carpet? You know, if we're being honest, you had more of a reason to kill Pam than I did. Oh, yeah, smart guy. How's that? We haven't much time before the bulls are all over the place tearing the stuffing out of the chairs. So go ahead, enlighten me. Easy. Pam was beginning to look like five miles of bad road. What with the union and everything, you'd have a hard time firing her without the reps jumping on your back. It'd be easier to snap her neck than give her the gate. Now, if I was a cop, you'd be at the top of my suspect list. Sharpen your claws elsewhere, Sheba. I'm still the boss here. It's my business to get the facts straight. I'll get back to work. Sure thing, Earl. Find out anything? Yeah. Every dame in your dressing room had a reason to kill Pam. What for? Uh, the usual mortalers. The seven deadlies. Wrath, envy, revenge. Let's see. Sheba might have killed Pam because it was, it was like looking in the mirror ten years from now. Rocky may have done it because she was jealous that Pam tried to steal the doctor. Libby, on the other hand, may have offed her because Pam broke her beloved magpie wings. Asmi could have done it since Pam kept saying Brian would run off with another woman. Maybe Olga is the only one without a motive. Pam fussed over her. I don't know about that. 
A mother hen treatment can be stifling. Well, that's everybody except you. And I know you didn't do it. Don't forget Sully. He's always in and out of our dressing room, and he said he saw her last night at the Pigeon Club. Did he have a reason to snuff out her lights? Why don't you ask him, same as the other girls? All right. You better get out there. Doris, this is Mr. Carroll. Paige Sully. Tell him to get to my office right away. Have a seat, Sully. We've got a problem. What's the matter? Is the swing caught in the stage rafters again? I wish it was only mechanical. No, it's bigger than that. We've got a dead showgirl on our hands. No kidding. Who? Pam Deasy. Ah, oh, poor Pam. What happened? Well, you know, that's what I'd like to know, and that's what I'm trying to find out. See, I was hoping to have the answers for the cops before they tear apart my nice new theater. Where is she? Currently, she's resting in a prop trunk in dressing room A with a broken neck. Happened last night. Know anything about it? Honest. I thought she was pulling a sickie tonight. I told the girls before, Curtin. Sickie? Why would you think that? I went out after work last night for a few jars. I saw Pam real cosy on the dance floor with a fella at the Pigeon Club. Who was she with? I, I don't know. I didn't think to get a look, good look at him. Well, how long were they there? Uh, I'm not sure. Sorry I can't help you there. Lousy break. Pam was an okay dame. That's not what the girls say. You didn't hold a grudge against her, did you? You me? I get along with everybody. Something happens to my girls, I'm responsible. Back in my Vanities of 1924 show, I fired a girl, Florence Allen. She was so upset she drank a bottle of Lysol in a taxi cab. The driver took it to the hospital. Got her there in time, they pumped Flo's stomach, and I paid her hospital bills. I was upset. There's no job worth dying over. I made sure she had money until she was on her feet. And then I welcomed her back to the show. You're a real gent with the girls. Everybody knows that. Oh, that was a great season then. I didn't even need to advertise. Every night there was a line around the block for tickets. It was the year I came up with what the press calls Carol's Chastity Belt. I made it with spirit gum and tinted bandages. That's the modesty tape the girls wear. They were otherwise nude behind those lavish peacock feather fans. Changed the whole business. It was a sensation. Made those Ziegfeld girls look as old-fashioned as grandmas in their petticoats and bloomers. I was the toast of Broadway. You're knocking them dead out here, Errol. Hedda Hopper wrote a rave review, and you know how waspish she can be. My point for this trip down memory lane is this. I was on top in 1923, 1924, and 1925. Then came February of 1926, and everything went to hell. Now it's February 1939. Is it a jinx? Some kind of domino effect? Is Pam a canary in the coal mine? Will it happen all over again? You mean when you went away to the federal pan? Yeah, I was riding high. Then I decided to throw a big party in the theater one night in February. I invited the swells and the fashionable crowd, mix of high and low, publishers, actresses, Corrine's society crowd. Harry Thaw was even there. That rich nutter, fresh out of the can himself for having ice Stanford White over that Gibson girl, Evelyn Nesbitt. I had guests sign release forms at the door as a gag. If they had so much fun and croaked, it wasn't my fault. You know, you get the picture. I had lots of booze and entertainment. The topper was the girl I hired to sit in the bathtub full of champagne, Joyce Hawley. Miss Hawley later claimed I offered to pay her a thousand clams for that stunt, but that's just wishful thinking on her part. I paid her 200 bucks, which is still nothing to sneeze at. Poured the champagne in the tub. 
Miss Holly stripped off and sat in the bubbles. The men formed an orderly line. They filled their glasses and drank. Harmless bit of fun, I thought. That is, until the reporter who escorted Peggy Hopkins Joyce decided to print the story. Blown all out of proportion. I was crucified in the headlines. Earl Carroll hosts Broadway orgy. Nothing but lies. But what really cooked my goose was the picture they ran with the story. You let a photographer in? Are you crazy? Photo wasn't real. That rag, the New York graphic, doctored a photo. They called a composite. It was a total fake. They had a naked girl in the tub with all the notables watching. Everyone talked about that picture on the front page. Joyce Holly staged an act where she recreated the scene with a tub tableau. She played nightclub dates around Manhattan, made a tidy sum on the scandal she did. Meanwhile, I had a belly on my head. Everyone wanted to make me public enemy number one. The press stirred the pot. Editorials called me a flesh peddler who ruined the morals of the city. Me, who gainfully employed more than 200 people. Politicians jumped on board. The cops couldn't prove lewd behavior. The G-men decided to go after me for the wine. The Volstead Act of Vultures. They charged me. At the trial, my friends abandoned me to save their own necks. Only Texas Guinan was brave enough to be a character witness. And bless her for it, because God knows she had her own troubles with the Prohibition Squad. At the end of that trial, they found me guilty. The judge sentenced me to a year and a day in the federal pen in Atlanta. Hard labor. Awful tough break. You took it like a man, I bet. No, Sully, I did not. I fell to pieces. On the train ride down, I went into a coma. I was unconscious for days. I didn't move, speak, eat, nothing. Even after I came out of it, I was in a daze. I wasted away. My brother Jim intervened with the judge, and they sent me to the honor farm instead. Last thing they needed was a dead producer in the headlines. It was minimum security. I worked outside tending crops instead of busting rocks. Met a lot of racketeers in the joint, made valuable connections. That was one good thing that came out of it. Then I got off early for good behavior. I spent more than six months in jail, though. It was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And there's no way I'm going back. You get me? I get you, Earl. You can count on me. If there's anything you need, all you gotta do is ask. Well, keep your eyes and your ears open. The bulls will be here soon enough. I'd like to be able to point the finger at the killer. Well, you better get out there. Sure thing. Don't worry. We'll get to the bottom of this. Doris, get me the pitching club. Sheba, something keeps nagging at me. What gives? We forgot something last night. In Pam's apartment, you mean? Yeah, we forgot to look under her bed. (gasps) Oh my god, we did. You want to go back? We have to. Now? The show's not over yet. Once the police are involved, they'll seal off Pam's apartment for their investigation. We won't get another chance, but look, we'll be back in time. Tanya and Igor are on next, and Libby's on with Flight of the Magpie. Well, Flight of the Butterfly, since the magpie's wings are broken. Then it's intermission. We'll return in time for the patty cake number. It'll only take a minute. Grab Olga's keys from her purse. She won't miss them. There we go. We're in. Jeez, I should have brought a clothespin for my nose. Shalimar. Ugh. There's a big box here under the bed. Oh, the coat isn't here. Damn it. Just a bunch of pink and white undies. Wasn't Pam a little old for this stuff? It was a good idea, Beryl. We had to check. Listen, 
I got a tinkle. I can't wait until we get back to the theater. I'm going to run up to Olga's place. Why not go here? It's right there. I'm not peeing in a dead woman's bathroom. No way. Plus, that's where she keeps the perfume. Come on. Hurry up. Boy, what a mess. Olga's not much of a housekeeper. Looks like a tornado hit this place. How does she know what's clean and what's dirty with piles of clothes everywhere? Sink are full of dishes? Bed unmade? Cause a door wide open? All right, we can go. Not just yet. That kid is a slob. A typical 18-year-olds. What, what are you staring at? Come here. Am I seeing things? Or is that our mink coat hanging in Olga's closet? Why, that dirty little thief. I'll wring her neck. Oh, not if I get her first. Your sweet little headache Full of quaint little schemes But when I should forget you I let you disturb my dream I thought I could hold my own with you But you've got me all perplexed Oh, here am I Alone with you, and what are you gonna do next? You're a sweet little headache if you keep on that way. What a sweet little heartache you turn out to be someday. Mink Syndicate is a Sassmouth James production written and directed by Megan McGurk. Art designed by Mott Collins. Sound editing and special effects by Tom O'Mahony. Starring Clara Higgins as Beryl Wallace. Olympia Kiriakou as Sheba Lemaire. M. Sean as Rocky Beaumont. Savannah Monroe as Olga Fury. Renee Smith as Esme Chiffon. Laura Mawson as Libby Branch. Patrick McGurk as Earl Carroll. Shane McCormick as Sully. And Megan McGurk as Pam Deasy. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for part three.